Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, schoolwinnertalk.com. Allie, good morning, sir. Yeah, actually, for me, afternoon, good, good, still morning for you, right? We're an hour apart, right? But yeah, good, good afternoon and good morning to you, Dwayne. Great to have a I guess I should say, today. Allie, good day to you. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like I used to have that problem when I did coaching and, and I was talking to Australia and it was the next day or at night or, or it was that night really late, depending on, or England, five hours off. So it was very interesting, the dynamic doing that too, because I was tired or, or up early and they were finishing their day. So we had two different energies going, you know, like where it wasn't like we were both in, in the light, in the light, so to speak. Absolutely, yeah. So we have an amazing topic today, I think, kind of uh, surreal and scary, and I'm hoping that people uh, listen in on it and and really get something powerful out of it. Well, and take action if they haven't already taken action in their school. And uh, uh, I figured this would be a a great time since all of the uh, sexual allegations are coming out uh, on all the famous people, whether they're politicians or whether they're – you know, uh, showbiz or what have you. Yeah, you movie know. producers, music producers, actors, actresses, you know, it's, it's everyone's coming out of the woodwork. And, you know, I'd like to say that through this podcast today uh, that you will be able to foolproof yourself and also your business. Um, but that, that would just be, you know, out, out and outright lying uh, to yeah. say that. So, you know, what we're hoping today is to educate you, obviously, on the subject, not – um, the birds and the bees part, but the, the fact that, you know, uh, this is a real issue. Uh, there's even ind- individuals in our industry that have gone through these things. Uh, some yeah. have been just, just allegations. Some have actually, uh, you know, the allegations have, they've been found guilty. So uh-huh. um, what we want to do is minimize that opportunity in the beginning. Uh, so hopefully we do not have to have, um, you know, the, <laughs> the the point to you know get to the point that we are going to court over these things so and, um, and you know what I, I i actually wrote in our description when i was promoting it on social media today too that it's this would be just as beneficial for a parent listening to this than it would be for a school owner um to put these protocols in place because i think that for parents and and you know uh, or even you know adults that go through this they don't know about clear boundaries or they, they're not used to being in, um, in a situation of this type and how to act. And, and that kind of shows like where, you know, I, I listen to people and, you know, you, you never want to side with one side or the other, but let's just say it's an accusation about a politician and they're like, Hey, you know, 25 years ago, this guy did this for me. And you go like, yeah, how real could it be if he did that? Um, uh, 25 years ago, and they didn't say anything, like even with Bill Cosby or, you know, whatever else. And um, there's reasons for that, and that's because people feel almost as if they were responsible at times, and they almost feel like they were, um, you know, they were partially the reason for it, and, and they don't know what they could do about it and how to handle it, and that's interesting. So if anyone's listening from the opposite side, they'll get something out of this as well. Yeah, so uh, like where, do, where do we want to begin with this topic? Well, I think, I think first um, maybe setting out some things that you do in your school uh, and I do in my school to kind of eliminate possibilities of these things even happening. I call it, you know, opening up all areas to, to the public. Like, in other words, in my school, 
um, people watch on the cameras, right? So they're able to see my training floors, multiple training floors, from the camera system from two different angles. Um, and I tell my team, too, like, there are some gray areas in the camera's view where parents can't see their kids. So sometimes, in other words, if we sit off to the side on the main floor too far against one wall, it kind of falls out of the camera angle. And they're like, where do the kids go? You know, that kind of thing. So I instruct my staff to make sure that they know where to sit, where to be, and, and so that the parents could see their children at all times. It's very important. And, and setting these protocols up within your business, within your school, um, is super important, you know, and letting people know, like, why you have these policies in effect. Like, for, I'll give you another example. In my school, um, we do not allow – well, first of all, we don't have locker room. A locker room meaning, like, in a traditional sense where people all go together and change together. In my school, in, uh, we have five individual changing rooms. It's, and then there's, like, a common area where they could stand and put stuff in their cubbies, but they're not getting undressed in public, right? So if a child or an adult – Male or female, they could all be changing at the same time because I have five different changing rooms, like being in a mall. And um, that eliminates the chance of any weirdness going on. And then I also tell parents, parents are not allowed in that area. So an adult is never allowed to be with a child in that, in that specific area. And, and I easily explain it. I had a young parent and young kid yesterday do a class. And I use it as a sales tool. I said, listen, you know, this is the area where the kids will put their stuff in the cubbies. Uh, no parents are allowed in here. They're not allowed to be with the children. And, you know, this is for your safety of your child. But, and you want it to be that no adult could walk in there and just say, hey, and you never know what could happen within seconds, right? So this eliminates that possibility for the parents. And they understand, hey, that's great. I don't want anyone with my kids. And they don't want anyone with their kids. So we just keep this a parent-free zone. If the kid needs help, you know, getting dressed or going to the restroom, they bring their child to the bathroom and they could change them there. It's a one-on-one kind of thing. We don't have a bathroom where multiple people go at one time. And um, and also, too, by the way, my team, if a kid has to use the restroom, will walk them off the floor, bring them to the restroom, and then stand outside the door. Even if the kid is young, very young, we won't go in and help that child, you know, because you just never know how it could be perceived or or, you know, uh, brought about. So we have these safety measures in place that we do immediately. And I use that as a sales tool. Listen, I say I come from a security-based background, and um, my dad was a Nassau County police officer, and he got me in the mindset of thinking ahead to eliminate crime rather than walking into it and letting it, putting it in a place where it could fester. So any, any thoughts on that? Well, it sounds to me like, um, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, one of the deterrences – um, is having cameras. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have cameras as well. Do you have cameras um, just on the training floor, or are they yeah. everywhere? Well, they're everywhere. Uh, my lobby, I have cameras. The training floor, I have cameras. Wherever there's going to be my student potty, but I'm not, of course, in the locker rooms or the changing well, yeah. standing cubby area, just in case, God forbid, someone said, oh, he's got cameras in the changing room, and I don't even want the wording out there where that would be the case. But, yeah, I watch and record everything on camera in both of my locations. In fact, I could turn it on right now and see both of my schools. The monitor is right to my, my right over here, and I could watch the classes, both of them, simultaneously while they're in the session. Okay. So, and then it sounds to me like, um, you know, the other thing, that the, the protocols that you've put in with regards to, you know, one, the training floor – telling your instructors saying, hey, you know, when we're out on the floor, we need to maintain, 
this area, even though the mat is this big. Um, right. And then, um, you know, no adults in the changing room with kids, no right. instructors in the changing room with kids, th- that, right, those type of things. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I also have a f- – do you mind if I add a few on? And, and we'll no, please. Add some? So um, I have a few others, too. Like, number one, we have a no-touch, no-hold policy. And, I, I mean, like, we do, we do uh, you know um, – uh, touch where we tap a kid on the back or high five, that kind of thing. But we're not, we, I, I don't like when my kids, and, and you know they love to do this, but I also frown upon it is when they come up and they hug their instructor. So I'm like, okay, you know, one hug here and there, one arm maybe off to the side, but we, it's a no touch policy. I don't like when my, my instructors ever, if I ever see it, even an assistant or a team leader or a helper pick a kid up and put him on their lap or, you know, sit with them too closely on a, on a bench while they're waiting for class. So we have that no-touch policy because that eliminates any chance of any, you know, uh, you know um, questioning of what's going on. So that's another big one, too. And then parents will say, you know, they might feel, listen, I, I, I want to hug you, but, you know, a quick arm hug, like a martial art hug, you grab a hand, you give them a hug, or you pat them on the back, or high fives are great, but uh, no sitting on the laps and all that other stuff because that could quickly change uh, you know, the intimacy of the relationship. And, and by the way, I don't even feel like it's necessary in a martial arts school. Uh, traditionally, in Japanese martial arts, you don't even touch your sensei. You don't pat him. You don't high-five him. You don't shake their hand. Uh, you bow, and that's all you need to do. You never create, you know, a blockage or uh, invade their space in any way, shape, or form. Right. The only time that you would uh, touch him is when he was throwing you. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or or you doing martial arts, you touch each other. But other than that, that's right, important. Right. Yeah. So do you have anything to add to those? Uh, no, I, I think those are all great policies. Um, I'm curious with regards to, um, you know, do you have like a, uh, you know, with your employees, do you have like a sexual harassment uh, policy? And does that also cover, you know, or talk about, um you know, the policy well, between employees and then also the constituents themselves? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if you can see this in the camera view uh, right this minute, yeah. but I have this is my employee um, HR folder. And in here I have my employee manual, which is uh, basically it gets to every employee, and it's literally a, you know, a 30, 40-page thing on everything that we do within the school. It cost me thousands of dollars. In fact, I... I used to share it with my clients on taking it to the next level. We may want to consider sharing this with them. Um, and uh, my attorneys went over it, you know, for my state. So I would recommend others do that for their state. But it goes over everything from, you know, a non-disclosures, non-competes. And then uh, they, the employees have to sign it and, and, you know, notarize their signature. And it has everything from, you know, welcome letter, company goals, continuity, pol- continuity policies, sexual harassment. That's Chapter 8. Um, let me see how many pages it is. It's a pretty much a pretty full uh, but it goes over everything, you know, and, and the concepts of how they have to file reports and how they have to bring it to my attention. I was just telling my girlfriend I had an issue with an employee once who got – I think she was looking to um, – she, she was from outside, and she, she was looking to uh, possibly get unemployment and not work. So he's looking at a, a sexual harassment issue. And, and what she did was she got mad because she asked one of my other employees to look over her shoulder at the monitor to see what she was doing. And he, she didn't feel, she felt he got too close. Meanwhile, the point font on the computer was like 0.8, so he was leaning in to see it. 
So she said, hey, I'm really concerned. You know, so-and-so got very close to me. And I'm like, really? You, you shouldn't have asked them to look over your shoulder at your monitor then. Um, however, I knew there was something brewing there. So, I, you know, I had to really make some special uh, uh, you know, accommodations for her and get rid of her. Um, but, but so, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so um, we, we let her go and, uh, you know, we knew something was up. But so it's in there and, and it's very important to, to be able to lay it out for the employees so that they know. So they're like, they never can say to you, I never knew that. Right. Yeah. Everything needs to be in writing. How about private lessons? Do you, are they actually private or do you always have um, more than one staff member on hand during private lessons? Um, normally, uh, if it's an adult and an, an adult private lesson, they could show up and just do a private. But most of the time, um, 80, 90 percent of the time when a parent drops their child off, they sit and they watch the private lesson on the monitor. So they're there watching the whole entire thing. And we do it in the, in, you know, we don't have a private room. It's right on our training floor in the middle of the entire floor. Um, and, uh, you know, so we keep that that way so that there's no possibility that they could ever say, hey, this happened when, you know, I was here. And the mom is like, no, I was watching you. You never even left the floor. Right. You got to be careful. I mean, I have some very close personal experience with people that really are uh, that were bad people. And I had a, I had a school owner friend that I thought I always knew something was odd. And um, I'd watch him. You know, he was always around younger children. Like he'd go to places like the Super Show in Vegas with like 10, 12 year olds. Like who brings 12 year olds to Vegas that are your students to the Super Show? And I'd always see it was weird, and, and him and I competed against each other forever. And um, I even approached her, his instructor and told her that I thought it was really odd, and, um, you know, they dismissed it all. Anyway, long story short, he ended up going to prison for, like, multiple counts of sexual assault, had cameras in the locker rooms, you know, took them to his house privately. In fact, another one of my friend's students quit his school because my friend didn't want him near that kid. He was doing like a competition team. And my friend said, no, you can't do it. And the parents said, well, tough luck. We're going to go to him. He was one of the kids that were physically abused as well. Um, anyway, long story short, he only did like 12 years in prison for like 50 counts of, you know, child molestation and all this stuff. Uh, and uh, he's soon to get out. And the, the weird thing was, even after he was convicted and arrested, there was a portion of the families in his school that believed he was innocent. No matter how evident the proof oh, was gosh. in the videos, you know, people just sometimes don't want to believe reality. And um, anyway, long story short, that's like one of probably 10 cases that I know of since I've been in the martial arts of people who read. And I've heard of 100, but I mean, of that, I personally knew people that did this. And I, in my head, in my heart, I was like, oh, my God, that's impossible. I know this person. Like, you never know. And that's why I don't let any of these things slip through the cracks in my schools. Yeah, well, and the problem is, though, you, we just can't control, um, you know, we can control ourselves, right. but we can't control our staff members. And so, right. you know, sifting and sorting and making sure that you, you know, uh, hire staff members that that have gone through the rigmarole in order to be one right. of your students, uh, you know, or one of your instructors. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that we all need to, to take in consideration and make sure, like, you know, one of our policies is the fact that we, we are not ever alone with a student. There's always a third person in, in the building. Right, right. Um, that third person could be a parent, like you're saying. So if it were a private lesson and the parent is there, there that's the third person. 
right. uh, type thing. But we're always in the camera <clears throat> uh, view, you know, that yeah. type of thing, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the appropriate touching. And, and you would think that some of these things are actually common sense, and they are. But those common sense things and for us as school owners need to be put into writing and we need to have our staff uh, educated on it, uh, trained on it, and then signed off on it. Um, yeah. Because, God forbid, something does happen, you have documentation to go back and say, well, hey, look, you know, not only did they know about this policy and they, you know, but we trained them on the appropriate ways to do the touching or the no touch, right. you know, or, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, in as much as it's common sense for us, I think it's important for us to make sure that those type of things as well are on, uh, you know, inside of our employee manuals and yeah. that they're trained on that and then signed off on that. And yeah. like you said, the probably the number one thing with regards to all that is that those things need to be notarized. Yeah, and, and of course, because anyone can say, I didn't sign that. Like, you know, the old Eddie Murphy thing when he gets caught cheating on his girlfriend, he's in bed with her, and his girlfriend says, what are you doing? And he goes, it wasn't me. <laughs> and she goes, but you're right there. You know, he used to, that was one of his, I think, on the comedy spoof, Delirious, he was joking about it. He goes, just keep saying it wasn't me, you know, until they forget. You know, say, say the lie over and over again until the world believes it, right? That's an interesting, I think that's a biblical quote, right? So um, you, you probably know. <laughs> I'm not you, sure, but yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyways, here's another thing, too. Um, I also know personally and have had a very close experience with this where I had an adult instructor dating a uh, underage mm. child and um and the parents of the child knew about it and they okayed it but it was like you know a, a 25 30 year old with like a 15 year old and um it's illegal and and I warned them about it and then uh you know I said it can't happen and it has to stop immediately and uh and and it didn't so I had to kick the student out of the school because she was also responsible, get rid of the family because they, they were compliant and, um, and, and fire the instructor. And, uh, you know, it never amounted to anything. And then that girl broke up with the, that instructor and ended up dating another adult and ended up having some children with the person and so on. And so it was, uh, it was a tough situation. Like I, I you know, I didn't want to get in the way of, of a budding relationship, but I had to go with what I knew was safe for my school, what I felt was morally, um, you know, okay, and uh, and live with that. And uh, you know, yeah, it was a tough one because you know, I lo by the way, I loved the instructor. I thought it, the person was awesome and, and a great person. We still stay in touch to this day. But um, uh, it was just bad choices and bad decisions and, you know, and so on and so forth. Maybe okay in some countries, but wasn't okay in mm -hmm. our country, you know? Right, yeah. Well, employee dating, um, you know, you need to have a policy with regards to your employees, uh, you know, dating one another, but then also dating uh, any student. Right, right. I remember going to a seminar, maybe it was NAPMA, and John uh, Graydon talked about this, where there was a certain set of rules, like you could never date down you could only date up or something like that like you know like if uh if you were a higher ranked student you could only date someone higher than you or whatever it was they had some sort of weird policy where and it made sense um i can't remember it though and it was really all about making sure that everyone was you know uh compliant and okay with it 
you know, and, and again, it goes back to what's going on right now. You know, uh, everyone says like, hey, these Hollywood stars are, you know, at fault. They allowed themselves to be taken advantage of. But when you're in a position, um, and I have to say, this has happened to me. I was in a position when I, I was a young, budding rock star. And um, I've had, you know, advances from female executives that were asking me to sleep with them. Um, and, uh, you know, in order for me to become okay with that and move on in my music career. And, uh, you know, of course, I was a guy. So I looked at this as flattery rather than, uh, you know, battery. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was okay with it. But at the same time, you know, if it was the opposite sex and it was a male and a female it would be looked at differently. And, and by the way, I didn't mind, you know, being involved in the situation. But if you look back and think about it, um, you know, I... I could have been looked at and did it because I didn't want to lose my opportunity. You know, so that's where they have abuse of power. And a lot of these executives are saying, hey, if you want to get the the part in the movie, you're going to do this. And they're like, this is my whole life. I don't want to be blacklisted. And I want to take this chance. I'll suck it up. And and they do it. And sadly, uh, it you know, it's a bad thing. You know, and it's, it's hard. So it's a tough one nowadays. Well, it's just, it's manipulation. That's all it is. And it's the same yeah. thing, you know, with regards to if an instructor is manipulating a child or any student for that matter, you know, it's right. just a different form of manipulation, but that's what it is yeah. or bullying. But yeah. So I had, um, I had, uh, we had a guy who just commented on it just now and he said that no instructor should ever date a student. Uh, it just came up on our, uh, on our video here. And now I do agree to a certain extent, and here's a big, here's the gray area, right, where, you know, if we were on Match.com or we were on Tinder, we're looking for people who are like-minded, people that we have, you know, interest with and that we enjoy each other's company. And most of the time, you know, you find people and you get to know each other through work or whatever, and then you get into a relationship. Um, it's no different in the martial arts. I can't tell you how many people met in my school, ended up getting married and have children now. So if I were to, you know, now I look at these gorgeous children and I go, this is kind of like a, a, a you know, part of my dojo. Um, but they would have never met if it weren't from my school. And if I really enforce that no dating policy, it's a tough one, though, right? Like, can we tell people what to do and who to date? Not really. It's not our choice. So uh, it, you just got to be careful that it doesn't come down and bite you in, bite you in the butt, really. Yeah, and that's where I think, you know, having those policy and procedures are so important, um, you know, to, to have. I, I, would be, I would be hypocritical um, if I – well, I'd be a liar if I right. w- weren't to say – I mean, my wife, I, I, that's where I met my wife. Right. Was the See, so that's school. what I mean. So, like, you know, how do how do we like you know that what you wouldn't you wouldn't have this enormous lifestyle right now? I mean, filled with abundance and happiness if you didn't see her at the school and and fall in love, right? So you wonder like that's where there's this kind of touchy situation. But we have to um, we have to really be careful that we put things in place so it can't be perceived as uh, you know perceived as wrongdoing. In other words, like. If you, if, if I, I'll use me, I won't even say you, but I, let, I met my girlfriend, let's just say at the studio and I said, Hey, um, you know, why don't we go out? And she said, no, leave me alone. And I said, no, but you want your yellow belt. You're going to have to go out with me. Um, and you know, that, that could be perceived as sexual harassment or be sexual harassment. However, 
how many times in people in life pursued a woman that didn't like them at first and stayed on it and mailed flowers or showed up and asked out continuously until finally that person said yes, and now they're in love. You know, so like it's a really, really weird time in our in our world where we're you know where we're almost going to become afraid to talk to someone and ask them out because we're going to be afraid of put, being put in jail for harassing them, right? So it's it's a it's a touchy one. But anyway, so back back to our schools. Like, what what other things do you think? Like, you know, where what could you do within your school that could protect it from? these issues like is is it you know do you have a lawyer on retainer you've dealt closely with someone who had this situation um uh tell us a little bit about that without spilling the beans but that was pretty pretty big in our industry yeah so i had a uh um a friend of of when we 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 both know this person but uh, that person called uh we talked on the phone and i don't remember whether i called or they called but uh-huh. And I keep using the word they because I don't want to say, you know, she right. or he or he or she. Right. So, um, anyways, we talked on the phone because one of the things was the fact that, you know, it was their school, but it was the allegations were about uh, one of one of the instructors that was that was there. And so, obviously, there was a lot of things that was hap- that were happening on social media. You know, it wasn't enough just for people to post on you know, the the timeline of, you know, somebody's wall, but it was the right. fact that they were then rating them on, you know, uh, uh, Google and all, you know, not all, but a lot of the social media platforms like Yelp and Facebook and those types of things. And they're, they're evergreen. You know, once they put, or, or, I mean, they're forever there. So once they're put right. up there, um, you know, it's really difficult to, uh, get Google or Facebook or these other, you know, social media platforms to get them to be taken off. Now, they can be. There's a lot of work that has to happen uh, in order to do that. So what we did is we devised uh, a plan, if you will, to clean those things up and then also to get other uh, social media uh, likes uh, or not likes, but ratings about the studio uh, to, you know, in the meantime, right, to hide right. or push push down those other ones. So we had to, right. we had to come up with a, ca- a campaign for that. But what, I, what I, I personally learned from that was, boy, I need to have one of those contingency plans ready for myself before that ever happens at my school. You know, God forbid it ever does, be it that it really happened, that an instructor actually really did do X, Y, or Z, um, or just the allegation of that fact. Right. Um, you know, there needs to be a, a, uh, a contingency plan, some sort of plan to uh, minimize the damage of allegations and yeah. or if it is true. So, uh, yeah, it was a mess. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time on the phone and, come, you know, going back and forth and coming up with things. And fortunately, you know, this school owner uh, has come out on the other side a lot better. You know, it really had nothing to do with that particular school owner. It wasn't right. their fault, you know, yeah. just because they hired or had somebody, you know, working for them uh, doesn't mean that they neglected anything or any type. Because the nice thing is this individual had all – their ducks in a row prior to right. this happening. Right. So 
on the logistics side, the legal side, was all taken care of for him. Oop, I just said this. <laughs> I messed up. But, uh, you know, for that person. And, uh, but anyway. Well, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of hymns in the martial arts. Don't worry. I know. I was just really trying to keep it generalized. But anyways, uh, in the end, you know, not only does he, has he gone through this and he understands the repercussions of it, but yet he's now better off, and I, I hate to say the word better off, uh, you know, but, but he is actually because he went through this. Due to it. And due to it and also the, uh, the contingency plan is in place now that, God forbid, it happens a second time. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you know what? That that leads me to think about a few things, too. Um, we do background checks with any of our outside help that we hire so that we know that they're okay to be around children and they have no prior um, issues. And I have a, a client of mine who I do coaching with that runs an after-school program, and they he does background checks on every one of his drivers, right, that pick up the kids and bus them in. And you would be shocked at how many of these drivers that go for the job, well, you know, obviously it's probably the reason why they do it, but that have had prior sexual um, conduct issues where they were forbidden to be around children. They were, they were listed on the groups and all that other stuff. Um, and they still try. They think, hey, I'll slip through the cracks. No one will catch me. And now I can, they're literally like, you know, they're like a predator. Well, not like they are predators you know, where they're looking for the weak and the weary so that they could take advantage of them. I, I've had, look, at, I've been in business for, this is my 27th year, so I'm, I've dealt with it all, right? So I even had a point where I had these two students, brother and sister, we're talking 20-some-odd years ago, and um, they were with me forever, great students. They're, you know, they're, they're amazing people, always there, every class, never missed a class, and one day, poof, they were gone. Um, and then I called and left messages and called and left messages, wrote letters. You know, at the time, I don't even think there was email, you know, so I would just try to stay in touch. And then about a year and a half later, the mom came in and she told me that why they stopped. They were they were actually being sexually abused by her father. The mother's father was the grandparent who used to bring them to class. And the kids just finally got old enough and mature enough to be able to say something. And they band together and told the mom and the guy, the grandfather, her father, can you imagine, ended up going to prison. And this is not such a wild story. It happens all the time. There are sick, right. sick individuals out there. So we have to do our due diligence and have – and by the way um, – a few of the people that I've hired recently have taught children in other areas and they've done, they've said to me, here's my background check. I had it done for the archery association, for the umpire association, for the baseball league and hockey league association. They make even their umpires and coaches go through this now. And by the way, one of the ones that I use is called Lexis, Lexis Nexus, L-U-X-X, I think, U-S Nexus. And that's, it, you could buy a membership and, and, and then you could put people through it all the time or you pay as you go. Um, but there are many companies out there you could do a quick background check. And by the way, background checks on whether they have criminal backgrounds and they've been, you know, they've stolen, the, they're, you know, in abuse situations and, you know, whether they have issues where they have mental conditions, whether, you know, that shows up on their record. So it's important to know. So now pretty, when you say good. that you do that on, on, on outside help, you don't do that uh, with inside um, help? Well, I do. But most of them have been around, like, for example, like they've been with me in the dojo with the kids teaching, 
right? You know, and they've been there. And so I won't be like, okay, now I'm going to hire you. I'm going to run a background check on you. They've already pretty much been involved with my students for quite some time. So yeah, see, I, you're, you're, I, I, do, I, I do the same thing except for the fact that uh, if they're kids and then they be, you know, they turn 15, 16, whatever, and then I hire right. them, I don't do a background check on them. Right. But if they're an, if they're an adult and they've been, I don't care if they've been a student with me for five, six, ten years, uh, yeah. just as an, if they, they came to me as an adult, they're, I'm doing a background right. check on them. Yeah, and, and I would, and that would be somebody, like I said, that I would have hired that would have been. But, you know, I, you're right, though. There have been people that I haven't done because I know them since they were infants, pretty much, you know. Um, That's but I, different, I think. But you know what? It really isn't, though. We probably should just run a background check. The minute they become an official employee um, and they're getting paid and they're there and they're alone and they're or they're doing or running or whatever, they should be run through the background check. That's You see, that's the problem that and it's a great topic. A lot of us make those mistakes, right? Because, you know, we don't even honestly, we don't know our people like the people that I had that I that I was shocked about. I thought I knew them. I hung out with them. I socialized with them. We spent time together, um, had them over my home, you know, <laughs> went and competed away. And, you know, so but you never really know people have a dark could have a dark side. You know, every one of us could, you know. Um, that's why I'm as transparent in my life as possible. You know, like I try to, you know, I, I'm not like one way in front of everybody a different way. And I just had this debate with one of my, one of my black belts they, and I had a situation where another student left and, and, uh, opened up his own school and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so I was talking to another black belt and I said, you know what, uh, that's not who I would want to follow if I was this child or this parent. I wouldn't put them in that school um, because they have, you know, a, a persona in the school and outside they're out drinking and cursing and hanging out and getting, you know, drunk and going to places. And I'm like, I would want to at least know as best, you know, I, it's good that they know about him that way because he doesn't hide it. But I would, in right. my mind, I, I would think I would be like, that's not the guy I want my kid to follow. Right. But then again, that's me. I, I'm, some people don't look at that as a bad thing, you know, so I, it, sometimes it's confusing, but, but again, I, you know, this situation is maybe we should put everyone that we t have teach through that, right? Cause you wouldn't allow, um, even somebody who possibly joined your school that had a, was, you know, arrested for sexual abuse and pedophilia and all that other stuff, right? Have them in the school waiting in the lobby for their class to start. Like, oh my God, you know, like we'd be really cautious. So that, that is something to really consider. Really interesting, right? Yeah. 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 So you're saying, are you saying then every adult that trains with us? I, I guess it would be anybody almost, right? And I don't know how old you have to be before you can have a background check run on you. You'd probably have to be at least 16 and above, right? Right. But yeah. I would almost assume like, you know, if, if we are compliant by allowing a sexual predator in our school to do, like, honestly, think about it. Where are they going to go to hunt? They're going to go where the kids are at. And they could do it by going, they're not supposed to be around schools, you know, lit, you know, if they are, they're on some listing and so on. So it's quite a touchy subject, right? Like, well, we're, we're going to just let them come into our school and train. And I might, they might be like going like, wow, this is, this is awesome. You know, I get to be around them and, and maybe, you know, who knows, right? So that's where you have to be careful. So then do you um, put that cost that you make them pay for that cost? I don't know. I mean, depends on the cost. I think the cost could be anywhere from like 35 bucks to a minor background check all the way up to like $200. But if it was a school, 
there are some uh, businesses, I should say, not a school, but there are some programs where you would pay LexisNexis X amount of dollars for the year, and you could do as many background checks on whoever you want for the entire year. They don't, they, so it's like a budget, and you, you pay it, sure. and it's like unlimited. So that might be good, but I mean, isn't it scary? Like, I, I, I kind of almost have a knot in my stomach at this moment in time, <laughs> you know, just thinking about it. And, you know, that's why it, it's wild, because um, the other day I was talking to uh, friends of mine, and we were talking about, you know, uh, our, our, our liability of just being in business. Like, you know, God forbid you have that umbrella policy to cover your insurance policy in case your insurance policy doesn't cover the injury. And you have to have insurance on the home, insurance on your life, insurance on your medical. And, like, we're on nothing but we're paying out of fear that, God forbid, something can happen, right? We could probably cancel. If we could legally cancel all those insurances, we'd be rich. We could have retired and not had any exposure whatsoever, right? But but it's such a weird society that we live in where we're always protecting ourselves against the what-ifs. And um, right. we've been we've been trained to think that way. So so I don't know. I, it's a touchy situation. I, I mean, I'd love to hear other instructors' opinions on that. Whether you know all students of a certain age group should be um, you know gone through a background check, you know, or well, whatever. you know what you can do. Most of your states have a website that you can type in their name and see yeah. if they're on that that predatory list. So at 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 the very least. That's probably what should happen for anybody that is, you know, maybe 16 or older is you type their name in, yeah, um, you know, or 15 or older or something like that. You type their name in that, that website and see if it pops up. And you know what I don't like about those sites? And I actually was shocked because I did that. And I can see, like, it's like red dots around your town. Oh, my gosh, and like, yeah. And they're, they're like oh, thousands of them, right? And I would click on, you, you know, I was addicted to it for a little bit of time, and I'd click on it and I'd read the uh, person's background. A lot of the times it was like Johnny was 16 and Joni was 15, and then they dated for three and a half years, and now he's 18 and a half, and she's 17 underage, and they break up and the parents get mad or someone gets mad and they file sexual harassment charges, and this poor kid now is known on the sexual database because technically he's 18, but they were dating for three years, you know, and when they were both underage, you know, so, and, and a lot of people are on there for that silly reason and, you know, uh, accusations of, you know, this type of thing. So it was kind of, uh, I saw that too. And I thought that was pretty amazing. You know, you know, I don't know anybody that had gone on that were on there, but I would just see it going like, well, I would give them a buy on that. Right. Like they, they were dating that person for three years. And now that they happen to just turn a certain date on their age that they're, you know, they're an adult and now the other person's a kid. I mean, it was weird. I, I don't and but in the law, in the eyes of the law, it's wrong. So it's a it's a touchy well, one. I could have been on that list then. I mean, yeah. the girl that I dated was sounded what three and a half, almost four years younger than me. And yeah. um, I heck, I think I was seventeen when I started, or eighteen when eight. No, I think she was three and a half years. But anyway, I think I was, I think I was nineteen. Yeah, when I started dating her, and she was sixteen. Nowadays, I get a high five. My girlfriend is 10 years younger than me almost. And people are like, good job, man. And they high five me. And I'm like, okay. But back in the day, you know, if it was at the wrong time, you'd be screwed, right? So you just kind of. Well, yeah. yeah, my dad was eight years older than my mom. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but they didn't it, start dating when, when he was 18 and she was 10. Right, know? right, exactly. Yeah, that's a different story. When they're both consenting adults, it doesn't matter. 
So I have another thing, too, that I wanted to talk about, which is really interesting because, you know, we're a little bit more intuitive than we give ourselves credit for. However, just like the book by Gavin DeBecker, The Gift of Fear, we bury our intuition and we cover over it with doubt, self-doubt, and that inevitably will get, get us in trouble most of the time. So if you haven't read the book, we recommend it. It's called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. It was on the Oprah Winfrey bestseller book. Um, phenomenal book, amazing read. And it talked about intuition. Um, so a lot of times people don't see the warning signs, right? You don't see, like you go like, oh, my kid is so totally acting. He was just off with Mr. Smith um, on a baseball weekend. He comes back and he's sheltered and quiet. And maybe he just had a bad time. And yeah, just let it go. And he doesn't want to tell me. There could be something seriously going wrong with that, right? You know, so you got to be really careful and 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 understand the warning signs. It's just like martial arts. I um, there's there's a certain terminology that's taught to police officers when people when they when they pat themselves and and touch themselves in you know like on on certain parts of their body. Not in a sexual way, but I mean, like a cop's like talking to someone and they're like, yo, man, what's up? And, you know, they, you know, and they're they're like feeling for weapons. They call it grooming. Um, And uh, so the cops need to be aware of these warning signs. Like, why is the guy smacking the side of his hip and reaching into his jacket? Like, they're all warning signs because they're trying to see whether the cop does anything. And he has he's already touched his knife twice and the cop didn't do anything. On number three, he's going to stab the guy or grab his gun. It's all called grooming, right? So we, we uh, when they when they do that. So anyway, long story short, um, we need to, of course, understand warning signs. And you know, as instructors, maybe we should teach parents and teach the children about that. You know, knowing predators. I'll tell you a quick funny story. Stupid of me, but funny. So um, my daughter and I, she was about eight years old, ten years old. We went out to dinner. So we go to this restaurant, and um, I. I go to the door and these two young kids open the door for me. So I'm like, wow, that's awesome. When I say young, they're about like 12 years old. Here, sir, here you go. And I'm like, wow, that was so nice and respectful. Thank you very much. And I walked in. I'm like, wow, that's kind of kids that, you know, you want in our society. So after we're done eating, we pull around the parking lot and I see the kids, they're sitting on their steps uh, of their house. So I, you know, I, I go, Kiara, grab me some of the passes from the dojo. I want to give these kids some passes. So I pull over, I roll down my window of my, my pickup, my, uh, explorer and um and i'm like hey kids see i, I want to give you something and they're like they're like oh my god mom you know predator predator and then i'm like oh my and, and here's the scenario so i'm like oh man what do i do so i slowly roll my window up and i slowly drive away it's like the perfect telltale signs of everything that that went on the kids did what they were taught to do, um, and I'm sure I was in the, the newsletter of the school, Red Explorer, approach children on such and such a block. All I was trying to do is give them the flyer, and I should have known better. Like, that's just stupid of me to roll my window down the, in the night, say, you know, but it was just total innocence. So sometimes these things happen, um, and it's just bad, uh, but we have to really be careful. Um, so anyway, I, I mean, again, warning signs is a big deal, but we also have to not be paranoid. We have to teach kids when it's okay to speak up, teach parents when it's okay, or adults to, when it's okay to not accept in advance and be able to be firm and stern and strong and say, hey, I'm not interested, that kind of thing. So, so what are your thoughts? No, I think that that's, I think you're right on. I think you're right on. And I, I, I think I have some homework to do. You yeah. Yeah. You know, with regards to this topic, it's uh, unfortunate for, you know, uh, all these people that are getting, uh, you know, uh, allegedly did X, Y, or Z. 
um, if they didn't do it. Obviously, if they did do something that needs to be, you know, they need to be prosecuted for it, I'm all for that, you know. Right. Um, so I just hope, you know, justice wins in the end, you know, whether it's that they actually did it or didn't do it. Either way, I want justice right. to win in the end. But we need to yeah. make sure for us and our school the fact that, you know, we've thought these things through, we've done our due diligence, we've trained our constituents, we've trained our instructors, um, and then, you know, we have some sort of uh, uh, protocol that we'll put into place if, if uh, God forbid, something like this happens, that uh, we can uh, move forward in, in our business. Yeah, and you know what? It's it, the, the, Definitely, it also is a selling feature. Like, if you have a parent and they have a child in your school and you're paranoid about procedures, um, they should take it as a benefit to them, you know, and you have to just know how to explain it to them properly, why why their kids are safe with me, why a parent feels comfortable just leaving their kids with me and walking out the door. Hey, Shian, I'll be a little bit late today. Is that okay? Sure, they'll be sitting on the bench. They can't – I don't even let my kids leave a certain area of my lobby with – and I had a kid last night. He tried to keep walking to the door to see where his mom is. I said, Owen, oh, get back on the bench, and I'll tell you when mom gets here. You can't walk in front of this desk because then at that point I might not see them. They could walk into the parking lot, get swept up, and disappear. I mean, I'm fully responsible, so I want their pa- the parents to know that their kids are literally like in Fort Knox when it comes to being at my school. Yeah, yeah so. and, and, and that's just other, you know, uh, that's other protocol that, you know, needs to be put into place, procedures that need to be put into place that all yeah. of your staff know and understands. Well, I hope this call, I mean, we, you know, we, we could talk about this a lot and keep going on little tiny little details, but if anyone is interested, um, obviously just email us or, um, you know, reach out to us via this post on the page here and ask a question and um, or add your two cents because you may have experience in this and uh, you maybe want to share your experience. Well, we'd love to hear from you. We always do. And um, I appreciate you sharing your ideas with, with me and, and, you know, us being able to co- collaborate on these things. So I think it's really important. It's a, it's a very touchy subject, but, um, but it's, a, it's a good one. Yeah. And like James had said, you know, he said it's an important topic, you know. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's in truth. So, oh, by the way, we, we chatted, you and I, we, we have a few other really cool things that we want to talk about. And we had mentioned it. So um, we're going to, you know, just in the coming weeks, uh, look for in the coming weeks, you know, next week, the week after, look at some of these things, because we're going to be talking about really cool stuff for school owners. Recommend your friends to the school owner talk page. Um, can you tell everybody the details about hearing these posts on podcasts and, and everything on, on iTunes and yeah, certainly. All you have to do is go to schoolownertalk.com and you can, there's information there to register via iTunes or you can even look us up on iTunes at School Owner Talk. Um, and then uh, if you have an Android device, you can uh, go to schoolownertalk.com and get that information there as well. And there are, uh, I think there's uh, the manifesto, Martial Arts Business Manifesto is still up there. So if you want to get yeah. uh, and, and, and download that, make sure that you do that. That's free for you. But uh, And then there's... Um, the six steps uh, of implementation webinar that we did that, that uh, was, I don't want to say our best webinar because uh, they're all our best, right? But, you know, it's, it's a very important one, especially coming up with the uh, end of this year, beginning of next year. You have, I'm sure, some goals and some projects that you would like to not only get implemented, uh, but get them done in a timely manner. And, and, and that webinar will help you do that, um, the six steps uh, of implementation. So, all right, thank you, sir. Yeah. All right, Drain, we'll talk to you soon. Everybody, take care. Thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs>